0: Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. Thank you, gentlemen. They sounded good, didn't they? They sounded a lot better than they looked. Luke chapter number 12. And we look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. I want to remind you, uh, the Sunday school series on stewardship. I trust that's been a help to you. And then Sunday morning uh, this series, the, I've been in on the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. I have thoroughly enjoyed that, and I trust it's been a help and a blessing. And then Sunday night, I'm going to preach a very important message. Uh, anything that comes from the Bible, of course, is important, but as we have gone into this campaign, and the last couple of Sunday nights, I, I've, I've preached about holding to the faith, guarding ourselves against false doctrine, and then the Lord impressed upon me a, a, a subject that I think will help us as a church in these days we live in, in the Christian life. Um, the Christian life, and we've, you've been taught this, we've all been reminded of this, uh, faithfulness is so important. And uh, just stay with it. Not every day is going to be a day that you want to brag about. Uh, not every day is going to be a day of victory. There are some uh, where we stumble. There are some where we just, uh, let's just call it what it is. We're not right with God. There's some that we just aren't in fellowship Uh, But we have to continue and keep going, and so I think it's going to be a very helpful service to us. As a matter of fact, I'll be preaching from Luke chapter 12. The Lord knows it changed my mind. But tonight I want us to look at verse number 22. I've been, for several weeks now, I have been preaching on the subject of faith, but from different angles from week to week, looking at it through a different lens, if you will, uh, from week to week. And uh, last uh, week we talked about uh, that great faith that Jesus said, there's no greater faith than all of Israel have I seen. What a statement. Uh, when the Lord looks at my faith, uh, I want him to, because he knows. He knows where our faith is. He knows what our faith is. Uh, I want him to believe that uh, and know that I have great faith in him. And so that's, that's something for us to aspire to. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at the other end of the spectrum when it comes to faith. We'll read verse 22 down through verse number 30. Follow along with me, if you, if you will. Verse 22, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be you of, of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. We're gonna look at this entire passage of Scripture, and I've got seven statements I'm gonna to make to you in the message tonight. And so we're gonna cover this uh passage pretty well this evening. But I want you to notice verse twenty-eight, uh, when Jesus uh recognizes and addresses their faith. And what does he say? O ye of little faith. Tonight I want to teach on avoiding the little faith life. Avoiding the little faith life. Your faith and my faith, we have a choice of whether or not we want to grow our faith. It's really a choice of whether or not we have little faith. Well, Pastor, I just wasn't given as much faith as, as somebody else. We're all given a measure of faith. Uh, and uh, if, there, if we avoid some things, we'll avoid the little faith life. So let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you that we can read it, we can look into it, we can have it teach us, instruct us. I, I I am very certain that the Bible study is going to be a help to us. Tonight, I believe, is one of those studies that if we'll take note of it and we'll make a mental application of it, it's one of these studies and these truths that can sustain us in our Christian life. Father, I pray that it would do that. Bless your people tonight. May we be helped by your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you, before I get into the outline tonight, look with me at verse, uh, something very important. Look with me in verse number 28 where he says, O ye of little faith. Do you see it? Now, I want to remind you of a couple of things. I want to point some obvious things out to you. I want to point out first to you who, who is making that statement. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Jesus. Now, as he has given us the word of God, and we, he has given us on the pages of scriptures examples, some to aspire to and some not to aspire to. When I read this in Scripture, like last Wednesday night, when Jesus marveled, at the faith of that centurion, I know this Christian says, that's faith that I want to have. I want to aspire to that level. But when I read this in Luke chapter number 12, when Jesus says, O ye of little faith, that's not what I want the Lord to determine my faith to be. Uh, now, I, it gets my attention because I want to look in the context of what he's teaching and look to see if some, there's some things there that can help me not end up in that place. I want you to, to be reminded. That we know because uh, we, we we've read the scripture tonight that it's Jesus, it is the Lord who is making that statement. So if He makes that statement, it's truth. If He makes it, it's it's a proper assessment. Now this is going to. I hope this helps you. Look back with me in verse number twenty-two, and I want to remind you of who He's speaking to. And he said unto his disciples. Now, these men, as we read their life, we read throughout the book of Acts and much of the New Testament what they accomplished for the Lord. We knew they were men of great faith. But Jesus said, Oh, ye of little faith. Because there was some doubt. There was some difficulty. If you read Luke chapter number 12 is a fascinating chapter. So much in Luke... Chapter number 12, and uh, they are reminded, he is reminded them of some very important things. But sometimes we look at our faith and we know it's not what it should be. Am I the only one that's that, that way? Now we're all that way. So I want to say before I get into the outline tonight, all of us have times of weak faith. All of us have times where we would say little faith, but I want to avoid that as much as possible. Because we have a God who is worthy to to have our faith in. Uh, I remind you, the faith is not in us. The faith is on the one who can do all things. That's where we put our faith on. But he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, O ye of little faith. Now, sometimes we let the devil convince us that because our faith is not perfect, because our faith is not what it should be, our faith. and by the way, it doesn't matter how great your faith is, it's not what it should be. Because our humanity gets in the way of what our faith should be. Uh, but our faith should be growing. If you're in an in, in instance where you're just like, my faith isn't what it should be, well, let's, let's look at some things. Let's get it back, your eyes back on the Lord, and uh, our faith will be what it, what it should be. But sometimes uh, we are very quick to get down when our faith is not what it should be when we ought to just be looking at our situation and getting our eyes back on the Lord so it can be. But I want to look at that phrase in verse number 28. How much more will he call you, O ye of little faith? The Lord has blessed us mightily. No matter what your situation, no matter what you're dealing with today, no matter what burdens you carry, no matter what you have been through in your life, God's been good to you. If you're saved tonight, which I trust that you are, if God never did one additional thing but grant you salvation he's done more than you and i deserve everything above heaven is a bonus and god allows us to serve him in this life god allows him to uh he put he 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 chooses to put us in situations where we have to trust him and faith pleases god that we know so god is constantly putting us as a church in your home as an individual In situations where we must put our faith in Him, if you feel like you have little faith tonight, I'm going to look. I'm going to jump right to the outline because I've got seven statements I want to make to you. And if you take notes, I want you to to mark these down. But I want you to to think of these. Feel free to 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 mark these in your Bible uh, because this is the faith I want to avoid. And the list tonight that I'm going to go through, all of us are susceptible to. If the disciples are uh, susceptible. You and I are as well, and so I want to make a mental note personally of some things to avoid, so that I don't live a little faith life. Don't 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 make don't get this in your mind either, because well, Pastor God's not put me in a situation to have that big faith to go to go in and do something that some of the, our our spiritual founding fathers have done, and and, the, and those great forefathers have done, and they, in church history and. It takes faith to just go out in this world every week. It takes faith to just get through the day. It takes faith to rear your children. It takes faith to put up with your husband. It takes faith. I'm not going to say put up with your wife, but um, it takes faith to live this life. So I want to avoid the little faith life. Let me say number one. Do what you ought to do and let God take care of the rest. Look at me at verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. Now before you argue with that, let me remind you who is speaking that. Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. Now what, he, what the Lord is not saying is you don't need to do anything. Uh, The food you need today is going to float magically to you. Your bills are going to automatically be paid. Just name it and claim it and it's going to happen. That's not what the Lord is saying. We should be doing what we ought to do and let God take care of the rest. If He says, put me first, and He does, and He says, uh, give as you ought to give, if everything belongs to him let's put it in the context of stewardship as we've been focused on this year god says he will bless you god said he will take care of you so you do what you're supposed to do and then you don't have to worry about eating even when the cupboards are empty if you're doing what you're supposed to do god will take care of you now if if you're not working you're not trying to provide for your family god's not going to feed you that's your responsibility What he is saying is when you trust me, you're going to follow me, you're going to serve me, you do what you're supposed to do and I'll take care of the rest. God doesn't need help being God. If he did, he wouldn't be God. We should do what we are supposed to do. Stop worrying about what God is supposed to take care of. I am not worrying about whether or not my needs are going to be met. God is going to take care of them. Now, he may take care of them in a different way than I thought. He may not take care of them the way that I thought. Maybe they were going to be, they should be taken care of, but his ways are perfect. The bottom line is he's going to take, take care. And sometimes like, well, I, don't have, I didn't have as much as I thought I would have. He didn't promise us that. He said he'd take care of us. But do what you ought to do and let God take care of the rest. Obviously, these disciples, they forsook everything. They forsook their their way to make a living. And now they're following Him out in the wilderness. But they made a good choice. As we've been looking at the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes on Sunday morning for several weeks now, they didn't even have to pack a lunch because they were with the living bread. I would dare say that they... They, they might have their stomach might have growled from time to time like yours and ours do, but God took care of them, and He's reminding them that your priorities should not be your life. Now, Christians in twenty twenty one, generally speaking, have a hard time with this, and parents don't fall into that trap of rearing your kids to take care of you or take care of themselves. Teach them character from this book, but teach them to put God first, and God will always take care of them. Well, they they they've got to they've got to do this and they've got to do this. No, they've got to learn to trust God. I could stop the service tonight. I'm not. And I could have I could point to several of you in here. You have no training in what you what you're doing. God has blessed you. Beyond your expectations, and I could call you up here, you could give testimony of what God has done, how He's taking care of you. God controls the job market. God controls all of those things. And even in in a horrible, and praise God that we we live in the United States of America, but if everything tanked and went south, God can still make it rain and, and, and bless your home and your situation. So, do if you're going to avoid the little faith life, a lot of times we're sitting there, we're so worried about what is God going to do when we don't do what we're commanded to do. My job today, my job tomorrow, is not to figure anything out. Christian, if you grasp that, it would change your life. My job is to obey the commands that God has given me. And if I obey the commands that He has given me, I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about Raiment. And that's what the Lord is teaching. Keep, keep your faith in me. And because they were worried about that, at the end he says, Oh, ye of little faith. And let me just remind us: if the if they were with Jesus and this applied to them, it probably applies to you and I from time to time. Uh, do what you ought to do and let God take care of the rest. I'll say this and i move to number two. God's never had a problem being God. But you and I, we sure have a problem from time to time being what we're supposed to be, don't we? And if we do what we're supposed to do, keep your eyes focused, on, I just want to obey the commands of God. I want to, life's not, not, not as complicated as we make it. I, well, Pastor, if you knew what I was going through, if only God knew what you would experience when He wrote this book. If only God knew. No. All of us get distracted by the, the cares of this world. I'm not minimizing the cares, but I, I'm trying to help us tonight. We have victory when we just, in the morning, get up and do what you've been commanded. And uh, sometimes Christians fall, fall prey to this. Well, I just can't make it to church. I just, I just with what I'm going through, I just know nope, I'm commanded to be in the house of God. Therefore, I'm going to be there. Unless I'm providentially hindered, and, you know, going to the lake is not providentially hindered. Uh, I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. Well, Pastor, I, the, 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 I made that commitment and then, the, 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 then this happened at work or this expense came up. Well, why don't you just do what you're commanded and see what God can do? That's the point. Do what you ought to do and let God take care of the rest. I could, I could go on on that, but I won't. Number two, remember your purpose. And let me help you before I read verse 23. It's not to feed yourself. The life, let me read the end of verse 22. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. It's obvious about how how some dress that they have taken no thought, but that's not what he's talking about. Some of you, that's, it's a life verse now anyway. Uh, The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Remember your purpose. It's not a... We need to, as Christians, as God's children, as servants of God, we need to be reminded of why we're here. The Lord is reminding them, when you look at things in eternity, food and raiment isn't that... in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. Uh, God wants a world to be saved, God's grace is so sufficient, His mercy is so wonderful, His salvation is so far-reaching, that if in one moment the billions on this planet who are unsaved look to Him for salvation, He could save them all like that? And we are worried about our raiment, and he's also saying to young people, listen to this. He's reminding them, don't live for food. Don't live for raiment. And he mentioned those two things spe- specifically, but we can go beyond that. We should not live for the cares of this life. He's reminding them that they are with him. and he's, Remember your purpose. We, our purpose is to glorify God. It's to glorify God. It's to please Him. If the, if the day ends and you've pleased God, it's been a successful day. If the day ends and He's provided for your needs today, it's been a successful day. If the day ends and He's been everything that you needed for today, and I'm looking around and you're upright and you're here and well, he's, he's giving you what you need today. It's been a, a successful day. We have we to be reminded that in, in God's mind, um, we're already with him. And he has us here on this earth to fulfill a certain purpose. And it's not to worry about how we're going to make ends meet. And again, I've already stated that he's, he's not saying you don't worry anything about it. You do what you're supposed to do, and then I'll make sure you're taken care of. But we need to keep in context. My, my my purpose today is to glorify him. Your purpose today is to glorify him. Our purpose is not even to take care of ourselves, but it is to do what he has given us to do. Number three, look with me at verse number 24. Now, can you... Can you think with me for a moment of how the disciples must have been taking this in? It was contrary to everything that they thought, just like it's contrary to what we think. We have to be reminded that our focus is supposed to be on the Lord. Because, you know, Pastor, that's that's great, and I believe it. I just wish those bill collectors believed it. I wish they knew that they don't have to call me 12 times, because when they have to have it, God's going to get... I understand all of that. They were in that same situation listening to the Lord, how don't worry about that. Do what you're supposed to do. Fulfill your your purpose. And then he, he goes on speaking to them in verse number 24, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. Now think about that. They don't plant crops. Wait for a good rain. I mean, have you ever driven by, whenever I, we drive, we travel somewhere up through Georgia or even even going out toward uh, Alabama or somewhere. We like taking avoiding the interstate if we can. Now we get back on it when we're close to the Buckeyes and. If you know, you know, but uh, we try to avoid it in, through those rural areas. And you ever driven by all this farmland? You know what I'm talking about. We even have it, around, we have it around here. I've never seen ravens planting and reaping. Have you? No, you haven't. The Lord's making a point. They don't have food stored up, but they're eating. He feeds them. Then he reminds them, how much more are ye better than the fowls? We need to be careful because in some, sometimes, we, I don't know that we mean to be, but we are very slanderous when it comes to God. Because sometimes we say, well, God's just not taking care of me. We're saying God cares for a raven more than he cares for us. And Jesus has to remind them, guys, you're not going to go hungry. Guys, you're not going to be uncared for. You're not always going to know where it's coming from, but it's always coming. You're always going to have it. It's good for us to be reminded. And then he says, consider the ravens. And number three, I would say, using verse 24, consider God's record. If he can feed the ravens, I think he can feed you. If he can take care of the birds, he can take care of you. Friend, God's got a very good track record. Matter of fact, it's impeccable. He takes care of his own with exactly what they need at exactly the moment they need it. It's Never too little, never too much. It's Exactly what is needed, exactly when they need it. You say, well, I've been praying and he hasn't given it. You must not need it when he thinks you need it yet. Well, he hasn't answered this prayer. It, he must know, we gotta be reminded, he always knows more. When I, when I don't know what's going on, I just look at the record. God's got a good record. The, the, the birds stay fed. The fowls stay, f- stay fed. Jesus did not come and die for the ravens. He came and He died for mankind. He came and died for me and you. And if He was willing to die for us to pay our sin debt, I just happen to believe that same God is big enough to meet our, meet our physical needs. And if we keep him as our priority, him as our focus, you and I say, well, I just, and sometimes we struggle with our faith. It's like, I know I need to take this step, and I, and, and I, and I know, and, and we just, maybe you we just went through that with all these commitments we made, and God's going to continue to work in your life, and, 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 and young people listen to, to me this evening. When you come to giving your life to the Lord, God's got a perfect track record. God can take care of you. God can provide for you. Do what is right. Keep your eyes on Him. Serve Him all of your days. And many of you could give testimony tonight of how you're a little bit older than others and you could say, I've been serving God. I've been depending on God for my whole life and He's never let me down. Nobody can say you've never had a time where you wondered where it was going to come from because God allows all of us to be in that situation but you cannot testify that God didn't come through. All of us can say, I don't know how I got through. there. There are some days I didn't know how I was going to get through them. I didn't know how I was going to get through that trial. I didn't know how to get through that situation. But looking back on it, God was exactly what was needed. He is provided right at the right time. And you could testify tonight, I thank God. I just put my faith in him because I didn't always know he's got a good track record in your own life. But over time, boy, he's got an impeccable track record said, "Well, well, pastor, if, if I was there and I was with Jesus, and I saw Him do what He'd do. I think my faith would be greater. Hold on, our faith should be greater than these disciples. Because we have a record of what He did with them. Our faith should be greater than what we read in the book of Acts in that early church. Because we have record. Well, I don't know that if people can still get saved. When was the last time you read Acts chapter number two? Our faith should be greater than that because we have a record of not just what he's done in our own life, we have a record of what he did in their life. And truth of the matter is, the generation that comes behind us our children, that's why it was so important for us to step out by faith because the time is going to come in their life that they're going to need to do something for the cause of Christ. So they need to have on record, look what God did in my, in my parents' life. Look what God did in my grandparents' life. Look what God did in that generation that preceded. They need to have an understanding of that record. And it's good for you now to be reminded tonight to consider the record of God. If you want to avoid the little faith life, remind yourself of what God has done. If you're facing something tonight, it's not the first time you faced something, you didn't know how it was going to go. Think of his record. <coughs> all of us face uncertainties in life. You know why? Because we're not omnipotent. We're not omniscient. We're not all knowing, all being, capable of all things. We're not. But think about the record of the one who who is. You want to avoid that faith. You feel like that little faith life is is overtaking. Consider God's record. Number four. Remember there are some things you cannot do. Remember there are some things you cannot do. Look at verse 25. And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Now he's saying, who, who here, he's telling his disciples, which one of you can make yourself grow an inch just because you want to? You're the, the willpower we need to have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose some weight. So I just getting in the mirror and I was like, okay. Ten pounds gone, 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 ten pounds gone. Ten pounds gone. I weigh the next morning, it's like, ten pounds on, ten pounds on, ten pounds on. You can't make yourself taller. And what the Lord's saying, he's reminding them there's some things you cannot do. This statement right here, if you'll get it, is worth you making the effort to be here tonight. there's some things you can't do and hear what I'm about to say. It's okay. It's okay. Because it's not in your power to do it. There's a lot of Christians that are frustrated tonight in their own life. They're frustrated at something that they're not capable of controlling. They're not capable of doing. Somebody woke up on that. Uh, Don't get frustrated over the things that you can't do. And you need to remember there are some things that you cannot do. Only God can do them. That's why we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. That's why we need to keep Him the priority. It really is a freeing life when you avoid the little little faith life and say, I'm going to do what God has commanded me to do And then it's his responsibility to feed me. It's his responsibility to clothe me. It's his responsibility to lead me. It's his responsibility to intercede where where I need to to intercede because there are some things that I cannot do. I I understand this as the pastor of this church. There's hearts I wish I could change, but I can't change them. So I'm just going to go about doing what I know I'm supposed to do. And parents, let me interject there. If you have a child who's not serving the Lord or goes away from God, there's some things you cannot do. But God can. God can do it. Keep faith in God. But you do. What's my responsibility? My responsibility is just to trust Him. Obey His commandments. I wish everyone... Whoever came in the doors of this church stayed and grew and, 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 and served the Lord all their days. Say, Pastor, what are you going to do about it? There's some things I can't do. Even individually, when it comes to our life, there are things that God chooses for us. There are things that are even common to all of us as we serve the Lord. You think of those men who left everything to, to, to follow Christ. They were still individual. We, we lumped them together as the disciples. But John faced different things than Peter faced. Peter faced different things than Nathaniel faced, and so on and so forth, because they were individual men. But together, collectively, there are some things they all faced. And this is true of you and I. God created each one of us as that individual and in that life that He, he, he planned for us And there are some things that are designed specifically for us that you and I cannot change. And it's okay to be okay with the fact that we can't change them. Because just because I can't change it doesn't mean it's unchangeable. Because God can do it. And so my focus needs to be on God. You say, well, I, I've, I've been waiting on me changing it, and he hadn't changed it. Go back and refer to points one, two, and three. Because my, my responsibility is just to obey us, and as a church, what hasn't God been good to us? And he, he, we, and I will keep reminding you of it, he has, pro, he has provided a miracle for us, and they're not done. They're not done. But what have we just been doing for all these years? What he's commanded us to do as a church? And he has provided for us and provided for us and provided for us. The same is true in your life and my life. There, remember, there are some things that you cannot do. and it, it does me well because I, 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 I like to solve problems. I like to look at a situation and say, how can I improve that? Uh, what can, can we do? It certainly saves me a lot of frustration when I remind myself I can't do a thing about it. Then it helps me, even beyond that, to be okay with the fact that I can't do anything about it because there's only one who can. Remember, there's some things you cannot do, and you'll have little faith. It is little faith if you won't hand it off to him and just say, I'm going to do what God's commanded me to do and let him take care of the other. Number five, I've got to hasten. Look me at verse number 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon had glory. Verse 28, if then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, he says, consider the lilies. Let me say number five, let God take care of the details. Think about this. This is a, this is a, this, if you allow it to be, this will be an overwhelming, this is an overwhelming thought. At least it is for me. Before Genesis chapter number one ever took place, God planned my life. God planned your life. Think about that. Before he ever put the stars in the sky, He planned you. Think about that. Let's take that a step further. He planned man, his creation, to have fellowship with him. And he created a world that he planned for that man. Have you ever enjoyed the beauty of a lily? Some of you in here, no doubt, that's your favorite flower. And that's just the men. I'm just kidding. Um, Have you ever enjoyed the beauty of a lily? It's a beautiful flower. But before the world ever existed, when God had my life planned and your life planned and every man to be born since the, the first man, Adam, He planned this earth and He wrote the laws of science of how a lily would grow. And what Jesus is illustrating here is God's got the details. He's got the details. When a lily is supposed to grow, they grow. They just do it. Why? Because God has established that. That's a detail that we don't even think about. Have you ever said, oh, that's a beautiful flower? But before this world ever was, God put all that into place. He put the details of that in there. He put the details of every law of science, of of everything that we enjoy that we don't even think about. He put the details there. And if God wrote those details and and, can live up to those details, he can take care of the details in your life, the details in my life. And I'm saying to you tonight, if you want to avoid the little faith life, Let God take care of the details. We have a tendency as humanity to take care of things that God has got taken care of or to put our focus on things that God has got taken care of and avoid the things that only we can take care of. There are some things that I am commanded to do, I must do them. God doesn't need a babysitter, God doesn't need a helper. God doesn't need me to help him with the details. Now, there are times, I will confess to you, I want to know what the details are. I want to know how it's going to work. I can go find me a science book, and the best that this brain who really doesn't like science can understand, I can at least understand this is in in this science book. It says this is how this is going to grow. There are times in our life we can't go open a book and say, here's the details that God has worked out. But rest assured that when that plant springs forth because God took care of the details, he's got the details taken care of in your life. He's got the details all worked out. You know, I, I, I said it a moment ago, and some of you will probably had me for a science class or, or two way back in the Dark Ages when I was in school. I don't like science. I don't care for science. I, 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 think, I think science teachers are weird. I, I mean, I just, I just, I just people who, who like science are even weirder. I just, I, it's just my brain does not work that way. That's me. God didn't create me that way. My brain doesn't work that way. This is how I want to enjoy God's creation. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to say, well, there's the second law of thermodynamics in action. I just want them to see them in action. I don't need it explained to me. Well, this is, that's just me. If you like that, it's okay. I'm sure you have other flaws, but we're all flawed. But, but that, that is just not me. I don't care for it. I labored through it. And while I'm on this, who, what in the world is putting math together with science Y'all know what I'm talking about? And what? No, I better get back on the Bible. Don't miss this point. If you're like me, if you're like me, you, you enjoy God's creation whether you understand how it works. I don't give a second thought. To where that lily came from. But I do enjoy the lily. You know why? God's got all the details worked out. And in your life and my life, if we refer back to that track record, He's worked all the details out to this point. We don't know what's around that bend, we don't know what's over that horizon. But this we do know. God's got the details worked out. And sometimes I'm asked, Pastor, how how, how is this going to take place? Or how are we as a church going to do this? Or in an individual's life, Pastor, how am I going to deal with this? How do I? And, and sometimes the answer is just, I don't know, but I know God knows. He's got the details worked out. Two more to give you, number six. Look at me, verse number 28. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. If God would take so much time in the details. And in Florida, we can understand this analogy, the grass that grows. And it's going to be cut down. And then in Florida in June, it's it's just as high the next day. But but God still put all that care and detail in there, knowing that it's up there for a moment. Notice what verse 28 says. How much more will He clothe you? Number six, if we're going to avoid a little faith life, do not question God's care of you. Don't question God's care of you. Well, I don't know how he's going to do this. Well, if he can make the grass grow. Don't question how he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. I hope this helps us tonight because all of us, if you're not facing something tonight, you're going to face something in the future. It's just life. And when the things around us we can't control, that's when we have a hard time. We have to remember God's got it all in control. I hope that the next time that you see that grass grow; and it needs cutting. Not just I told that boy to cut that grass, or good night. What happened? You know, I, I've told my husband it's never. I asked my husband; it's I told him that grass needs cutting. Maybe think God can make that grass grow. He can. He can take. He, he can, he's going to take care of me. He can clothe me. Do not question God's care of you. We almost slander God. We say, I just don't know how he's going to do it. You know, if the laws of science as I described and so eloquently in speaking of the lily, if that was never recorded in a science book for you and I to read or try to understand, it wouldn't change the fact that those things are cared for. And if God, when he established this world, established the care of the lily, when he gave you life, he's established his care of you. Don't question God's care of you. Well, I thought it was going to work out like this. Don't question God's care for you. Well, I didn't think I'd have to go this. Don't question God's care for you. Well, I thought things would turn out differently. Don't question God's care for you. I wonder why He answered this. Don't question God's care for you. Well, I, I wonder. I prayed and prayed and prayed. don't question God's care of you, care for you. Why does God causing us to go through this as a church or as a family or as a Christian? I, don't question God's care for you. God knows what you need better than you know, and God has a track record. Let me be very, very careful not to. Slander God. Well, God, why haven't you cared? Well, hes you mean he's cared for the grass and you don't think he's going to care for you? Number seven. This is really where it comes down to if we're going to avoid the little faith life. Got to be reminded of what verse 30 tells us. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father, let's read verse 29. And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Think about that. Jesus is saying, everybody on this planet needs to eat. Everybody on this planet, and there's a lot more people on this planet today than there was then, needs to drink. Everybody's worried about what the clothes, the raiment and the food. And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Number seven, God knows what you need. God knows what you need. That ought to bring some comfort. I don't think there's anything wrong with reminding God what we need. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to God and say, God, you said that you would take care of this. I'm just reminding you of what you said. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when we take our needs to God and we remind Him of what He has said, and we hold to those promises, We really ought to be, and I think you can tie this into casting your cares upon Him. It doesn't mean we don't ever have any cares. It doesn't mean those things don't burden us down. But I've got to remind myself that God knows what I need. He knows me. He knows my tendencies. He he knows uh, the, 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 the good about us, the bad about us, the strengths, the weaknesses. And sometimes we go through a valley and we don't like it, but God knows what we need. Well, Pastor, I don't understand why why I don't have this, whatever it may be. And you've got to remind yourself, God knows what you need. God's got it all under control. He is reminding them, everybody on this planet is trying to eat and drink and worried about raiment. But the Father knows what you need. And you tie that in with these other truths that I brought out tonight. We can avoid the little faith life. It is a little faith life to, to take matters in your own hands and say, Well, God has an answer, so I'm just gonna go. Do this. Or, I don't feel like God is, is is giving me any direction. You know, sometimes the direction is be still. Trust me, I have as hard a time with that as you do. Sometimes it is walk through a valley I don't want to walk through. Sometimes it's fight a battle I don't want to fight. Sometimes it's rest and ease. But wherever we are, God knows what we need. He knows what I need for tomorrow before I even know what I need for tomorrow. He knows what I need next year. What are we going to do next year? God knows I'm just going to do what I've been commanded to do. Keep my focus on Him and let Him worry about it. I don't, don't, all of us at times have little faith. Because I would say if we're honest, all of us ought to be convicted by all seven of these. Because we like to take matters in our own hands because we forget. But I hope that we'll hold on to these truths tonight, and they'll help us avoid the little faith life. O ye of little faith. Can you imagine how that must have cut? When I look at this and I see my own failures, the times I try and... Take matters into my own hands. O oh, ye of little faith. I'll close, I'll close with this. I don't know how you are. I'm a pacer. I, I can't sit still. I'm working from home a lot and, and I'll be in one spot. I've got, I've got work in the kitchen. I've got work in the dining room. I've got work on the coffee table. I've got I've got a big office. I mean, I've got I've got it, You know, I I tried to pick up after myself once a month or so. But anyway, that's not what I'm saying. I'm a pacer. I get up, think I'm walking when I like to walk when I pray. But I like to pace and I walk when I'm trying to figure things out. That's just me. That's the way I'm wired. And I'm making that analogy that I should, in my own life, I have to stop and in that pacing, quit trying to figure some things out, and then I can pray about that and ask the Lord to take care of that. But I'm not going to be able to figure everything out. I, I lay that and say to use myself as a personal illustration because we should probably do less pacing and more prayer. We all have a tendency to, um, now, the Lord is not teaching you just ignore a problem. If I put my blinders up, it's going to go away. No, the Lord will take care of things, but he wants us to live by faith. We should take care of what we're supposed to do. We also need to be reminded that he's got the details. He's got the track record. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Oh, one more thing, God, you need to know this oh, and God, just so you don't know, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. But then once we remind him of what he already knows, let's leave it in his hands to work it out to his honor and to his glory because he always knows things that we don't know. As we've been looking at the five loaves and two fishes, he asked that question, How are we going to feed these people, Philip? For he knew what he would do. Sometimes he asks us the question, not how are we going to feed all these people, but how are you going to get through that? What are we going to do as a church about this? What are you going to do in your home about this? He already knows what he's going to do. He just wants you to depend on him to do it. Father, help us.